This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 34, Shock and Awe, The Firsts. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome, everybody, to Not Your Average Financial Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Willis, and with me in the studio is Katrina Willis. Hello. And Holly Bach. Hello. So uh, one of the things that we get a lot of questions on, and in fact, just yesterday I had a client come and talk to me. He had just received one of his Bank on Yourself policies that he had just started. And he was so pumped. He was so excited. And then we mailed him the policy. And a few days later, he calls us and says, Mark, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I've got a question on every single page of this policy. And, you know, we get that a lot. You know, it's a brand new thing. It's a first experience uh, when you do receive your first policy. And it looks different and it feels different. And, you know, I've got one in my hands right here. And, you know, you can flip through the pages of this 55-page contract with the insurance company. And it looks like uh, they were definitely trying to keep the attorneys employed. Uh, (laughs) uh, And, uh, you know, actually, this is about as simple as it can be. I've seen some that are over 100 pages long. And, uh, you know, it's just tough to know exactly what it is you're signing off on. Uh, And, you know, this is a contract for life. So you want to know about like uh, every page as you can. Uh, so it's it's no wonder that folks sometimes have questions on this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that really caught his eye was uh, somewhere around one of the pages here. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is page three of the contract that I'm looking at here. And it shows the guaranteed values table. You know, so every single year, you know, he's expecting to see cash value right away. He's expecting to see growth right away, dividends paid right away. And I'm looking at this policy here for another person here, and it has zero, zero cash value for the first four years, five years. Zero cash wait, value wait, for the wait. first five years. Wait, so you're telling me that you said I could take a policy loan in year one. Right. But there's zero dollars in this thing? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? So, yeah, this this is one of those kind of shocking moments. I remember when I first, when Katrina, when you and I first started our two policies that we first started, and we flipped our pages open to this data table here, and our jaws dropped. And we called our uh, financial advisor at that time, um, one of our you know mentors now, uh, and we said, "Well, what's going on here, Grant? Why why in the world could we you know you told us that we would have?" And we went on. So what's going on there? That's one of the first things you see is these guaranteed values, but that's only part of the story. You know, I told the client yesterday, it's sort of like. You know, this page here, uh, the guaranteed values, is sort of like feeling the trunk of the elephant, but forgetting that there's an entire elephant attached to it. So, you know, on future pages, you can read about the paid-up additions writer that I'm reading about here on page uh, five, and it shows that cash continues to build, and you're able to overfund that that pathetic-looking data table um, with the paid-up additions writer. So this is, what is a writer? It's like an appendix to a contract, right? So think of it sort of like an, an, an augmentation or an option on it's this contract. It's the fries. It's the side of fries. It's the side of fries. Very nice. So, <laughs> you know, just being, uh, so that's what we'd like to spend some time talking about in this episode. It's just the things that maybe startle you or just are sort of, un, un you're not aware of, or it's not a part of the illustration. Because I showed him, you know, the numbers, which 
showed the entire elephant, the paid up additions rider, the term rider, the base contract, which is guaranteeing all of these provisions will come to pass. So we've got to have all the parts and pieces to make the policy work. But when you look at the data table in the contract, it can, it can be startling. And if your first objection was cost of insurance, you open this contract to see goose eggs, it's incredibly startling. Yeah. So, I mean, where I'm coming from, I look at it and I think it's really the cost of not having insurance that's a bigger issue here. And we're kind of majoring in the minors or stuck in the weeds when we're working on this data table. But this is a legal table that has to be included in this contract mm-hmm. for the state insurance commissioner and for all these other reasons. And it's not representative of actual performance. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's the guarantees, right? That's yeah. the guaranteed table. Yeah. And so what is you know, the big difference between the guarantees and the non-guaranteed, you know, oh, numbers that may have yeah. been discussed as far as the, the whole elephant. And it's just the dividend, essentially, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. know, it's so the dividend that's getting paid that's not guaranteed that is creating this difference between the guarantees and the yeah. non-guaranteed, yeah. okay? Because mm-hmm. the dividend portion is the portion that's not guaranteed. But what do we know about, you know, the, the insurance companies that we work with? You know, any insurance company that we would be, you know, putting your your policy with. Well, not only do they have a you know great track record of paying dividends right. for every year for the last 100 years, which side note means they paid dividends through the Great Depression, through yeah. the Great Recession, through you know every kind of economic downturn we've had. Not only have they still remain standing, but they've been profitable and paying out a dividend. And also, what do we know about the companies that we're working with? Aside from historically, well, most of them that have you know done so already have already declared their dividend, mm, yeah, right? Sure, yeah. you know for for mm-hmm. the next year for at least mm-hmm. one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so if they've already declared it, that whole guaranteed table's essentially obsolete, right? At the point it was printed, mm-hmm. because they've already declared they're going to be paying a dividend next year, which means worse, 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 worst case scenarios, not actually even that guaranteed table. Sure, the worst, 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 worst scenario is they just pay that one year of dividend Mm. and never again. Yeah. You know, boom, you're still going to have more than nothing. So automatically that guaranteed table that our, our, my client yesterday was looking at is already inert or or not going to happen because they've already declared this year's dividend. That's a great point. And, you know, it's a, it's true. It's sort of like, you know, I showed him a a policy illustration that had about 9,000 bucks in cash value and to see zero, yeah, uh, it's is still, a big surprise. You yeah, know? it's certainly yeah. still surprising. I'm just saying that there's, you know, there, there's a, a reason and a mm-hmm. logic behind yeah. it. Going back to our sailboat analogy, I think that was one of our earlier episodes. That data table there, the zero dollars in cash, is the hull of the sailboat, but not the other parts. You know, you, can, you can't look at a sailboat without noticing there's a mast and a sail attached to it. And the other parts of this policy include the entire amount, and that's how he was able to get the the true amount of cash, the nine thousand bucks that we, he expected and I expected. And um, we'll continue to expect. So what about uh, when you pay your first premium? What's that like? Um, so, you know, what is some, somebody shout out? What's it like when you get that very first premium drafted from your bank account? It's so easy. It's like you didn't even do anything. It just happens for you. Um, it's a little set it and forget it. You know, you set it up ahead of time and then it's coming out at the mode you want it to come out. The, the only thing with this, and it's not a shock, it's just an adjustment. You know, you have a cash flow adjustment. So instead of sending those dollars out to to war on that battlefield, you're moving them over to that battlefield. Um, and so you have to get used to that line item showing up in a different way. But other than that, it's pretty straightforward. It's kind of like a forced saving strategy, right? Um, in fact, I've heard some behavioral econ- uh, economists uh, and psychologists, including uh, Richard Thayer, uh, Thaler, who was a Nobel Prize winning economist, 
recently said that if you can just set your savings on some sort of automatic schedule and then you know get it out of your mind and maybe even get it out of your bank account before you can spend it, it's the best and simplest way to make sure that you're saving each month and you'll be more likely to save more consistently. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's important to remember that that first premium payment is a source of savings, not a, not a bill like a light bill or, you know, a grocery bill. It's a, it's a form of automatic savings. And you have access to most of it. Which yeah. Which brings mm-hmm. us to our next shock, which is what the numbers look like in the first year when you first log in to see your cash value online. Yeah. And so it's no secret that the expenses of these policies do come out in the first year. So when you start a life insurance contract, you're going to see the majority of these expenses come out year one. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean, though? Okay, so we say, you know, there's there's expenses involved in these products, just like there are in every other product known to mankind. Nothing's free. Um, But what does that mean for you then? You know, what's the reality? Well, it means that... (laughs) There can be that shocking moment when you log into or you you know, look at your cash value. Maybe you look at your statement at the end of your first policy year and you actually kind of add up the numbers and you look at it a little bit and you see that your cash value is lower than the premiums that you paid in. So it might be a little surprising when you look at that and you say, hey, wait, actually, you know, my cash value is uh, $5,000, but I actually put in $6,500. I would have been better off putting this in a savings account. Abort, mm-hmm. abort, abort. Yeah. You know, and so you can kind of have these like <laughs> panic moments coming up. just like, wait, I, I could have been better off doing something else. So why did I ever even do this in the first place? Um, and again, you know, hopefully it was made abundantly clear um, at the very beginning. This is a long-term strategy. This is not a uh, grow you know, get get rich overnight scheme. This is not something that's just going to be instant wealth in your pocket day two, um, not even in the first year. <laughs> right. Like Nelson Nash says, think long range. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's it, what is it they say? Poor person plans for Saturday night. A rich person thinks for five generations. You know, you're thinking big picture. You got to zoom out of the one year cost because, yeah, it does have a cost and mm-hmm. it is in the first year. Yeah. And, but what, why is that? You know, why, why are we seeing this difference? You know, why do you have a lower cash value than what you've paid in in the first year? Well, again, it's the expenses. It's the cost of the policy that's coming out. And why is there a cost? Well, it's not just because they're saying, hey, we want to just take your money. It's because they're providing you with this incredible death benefit as a part of your policy as well. And that really can't be overlooked. Um, So let's just say, you know, on day one, you know, you pay that first premium, your first premium comes out of your bank account. And let's just say it's $1,000. Well, you know, you might have a death benefit of $500,000, $700,000 after you only paid them $1,000. Wow. That's a huge yeah. liability mm. to the insurance company. Yeah. If you were to pass away the next day, I mean, they are seriously in the hole yeah. <laughs> on mm. this. And so, I mean, but regardless, they, they're still going to pay it out. You know, even either they're going to take that big hit because you have that legal contract that has yeah. the guarantees and promises of that death benefit. Um, but essentially, you know, they have to make this up somewhere and that's where the costs come from. And so, you know, that, that death benefit is going to cost something to you. And that's why, you know, maybe you look at your statement at the end of the, at the end of the year, your cash value is only 5,000. You put in 6,500, essentially that $1,500 of, of difference in your cash value. And what you paid is the cost of that death benefit, which typically we're talking about a couple hundred thousand dollars. So, I mean, $1,500 may have just bought you Four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars of death benefit. That's mm. actually still not a bad gig. Yeah, if you think about it. Um, 
And so, you know, don't fret though. <laughs> it's a momentary, it's a momentary dynamic. You know, every single time you check on your cash value after that point, um, you're only going to see that it's growing, increasing in value each and every year, no matter what. So when you log in, you see it's 5,000. That's the lowest you're ever going to see it. Well, from that yeah. point on. Wouldn't you, you like to know that before you even sign up for it, right? Isn't that part of what we help our clients look at is we show them, hey, here's exactly what it's going to cost and what the negative yield would be, right? Mm-hmm. In the first year or two years. Yep, exactly right. And here's what it's going to cost down the street, you know, at Broker House. And the right. fees are going to charge you for 30 years at 1% assets under management. No, there's no, no telling what the cost will be, right? Because they have no clue what the account value will be. Well, what we can guarantee is that the cost of opening policy and doing bank and yourself strategy will be cheaper than any assets under management arrangement over the course of 30 years. Yeah, apples to apples comparison. Yeah, for sure. Especially with uh, 1% under management, right? Compound. Hmm. Yeah. So you got this, uh, you've got this negative return. uh, And that can be a shocking realization when I mean, it's one thing to see it on illustration when you're sitting down with uh, an advisor and, you know, he or she is showing you the long term growth of your money over 30 years. But after that first year, it's tough to see that negative yield, right, Holly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where the shock comes from. You know, there's there's shock in that first year, but then the awe <laughs> comes in the later years. Again, it's a long-term strategy, and you know, it's going to be the the five-year, the ten-year, the twenty-year, the thirty-year, the fifty-year um, numbers on it that is going to provide kind of that awe where you're, you're going to say, "Oh, now I get it." Mm-hmm. You now I get yep. it. But we are just such such momentary creatures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like we just, we live in the moment, we see something shocking today and we can't fathom, you know, kind of what it might be down the road. But mm-hmm. the, the uh, you know, the sun is shining, there's silver yeah. lining on the, on the cloud of the gloomy uh, first year. But, you know, after that point, it's, it's only getting better and you're only going to end up better off. Well, when do you want your long. money growing the fastest, you know, today or, you know, throughout the rest of your lifetime? You know, better better for the rest of my lifetime. When am I ever not going to need this cash? I'll, I want it to be growing faster and faster uh, every year of my life. Yeah. What about logging in? Well, uh, and, oh, yeah. I just want to say, too, that there's an awe here with the shock, which is you will never see it decrease in value, which it's contractually guaranteed to grow every single year from then on. That's amazing. You know, that's that's awe. You don't have that in any other account. You have risk in those accounts, and it's not contractually guaranteed to grow. So that's very exciting. And so a uh, second awe is when you do log in and you watch that policy growing as you go every year, is every single time you see a bigger and bigger bucket of cash that you can access to use. And so you, you'll be shocked at um, and in awe of how much you can accumulate to use for your circle of life purchases, like buying a car, like the down payment on your home, like a business opportunity, sending your kids to college, paying for long-term care, paying for travel. I could go on. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of things to be in awe of. Um, one of the things that I notice with many of our clients uh, is that when you request that first policy loan, Holly, tell us about that experience. Yeah, so I guess really the only shocking thing that's going to happen here is you're going to be introduced to a new form. So unless you're allergic to paper, there's probably not anything that's going to be too particularly shocking about it. Um, But you're just going to get a new form, and it's really going to consist of two questions, okay? I mean, we fill out the rest for you, (laughs) so there's not much more you have to do. Um, And pretty much the only question you're going to have to answer is, how much do you want to take as your loan? And where do you want the insurance company to send it? So you take this new form, 
you say, I want X number of dollars, please send it to this checking account, this saving account, wherever. And it's pretty much as easy as that. You know, I mean, once the form submitted to the insurance company, you'll see, you know, the, the money actually hit that bank account somewhere between about five to seven business days. Um, and that's actually even pretty conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we see the processing time be as quick as you know, three or four business days, especially if they, the bank, or sorry, the insurance company has already made the connection with your bank from your monthly drafts. In those scenarios, we'll see it happen uh, much faster. Mm-hmm. Holly, are there any limits on the amount you can take as a loan? The only limit is how much cash value you've been able to grow and so accumulate. So if I've got 500K in cash value, I can go in and request a loan for 500K and get it in three days. Typically, as a, as a buffer, the insurance company will give you access to about 80 to 90% of your cash value at any given time. Um, if you, you know, listen back on a couple of our other uh, episodes that we just did on loans, policy loans, um, you know, they're, they're protecting against risk of, of lapsing and unforeseen circumstances. If you were to stop making your premium payments, they just want to make sure that um, there, there's not going to be any yeah. un, unforeseen and unexpected, you know, um, repercussions come from it. So they're they're giving access to about 80 yeah. 90% of it. It's okay. kind of like, and I've seen it as, I mean, I opened up one the other day for a client and looked at one of my own policies and it had access to about 96%. So it's somewhere between that 85 and 90% most of the time, but it can be even higher. But the main thing is exactly right. They are calculating how much interest will this loan accrue over the year before the dividend and the next premium is paid. They don't want this policy to lapse the next day after you take a loan out. It's kind of like you don't want to drain your checking account down to the last penny for fear of overdrafts and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so another thing that folks are in awe of is when they start making their first loan repayment. Holly, tell us about that situation. Yeah. So again, it will kind of depend upon your situation, the nature of the loan that you took out and you know what objectives you were achieving with it. But in most circumstances, it really does make sense uh, to start setting up a loan repayment plan at the time you take the loan out. You know, Treat it like you would any other loan. Uh, so if you were to take a loan from your policy to buy a car, just like you know, the very next month you'd start making a payment to that, you know, car company, the financing company, you should start making a payment to your policy loan as well. Um, so, you know, you can decide what that, you know, re- repayment amount is going to be though, you know, unlike it being set in stone as to what you have to make. So you could make it as low as 50 bucks a month. If you really couldn't do much more than that, you could do 200, you could do 500, you could do $1,000 a month. And just simply, you know, if you need some extra guidance or coaching, you know, Holly and I uh, are able to run some scenarios. We have some software and calculators that help you decide, all right, how many, how long do I want this loan repayment to last? What can mm-hmm. I expect? Or maybe it's more like, hey, I've got 200 bucks a month. How long will this take to pay off my loan? What's the interest? What's the APR? So we can give you some guidance, but as you said, Holly, it's completely up to the to the client. And not just the amount, but also the timeline. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, no, exactly. I mean, you can set that timeline. Right. If you say, "Hey, I want to be really aggressive. I want this loan, you know, gone in two years or three years." We can do that. You know, we can let you know what that payment would look like. Or if you're saying, hey, actually, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be needing another loan for my policy until my next car, which won't be till after this one. So let's pay it back, you know, over seven years, 10 years, um, just so that the money's back there by the time I want to buy the next car. I mean, it's it's entirely up to you. And again, we can provide you guidance if this just is too ambiguous for you. Yeah. Not a problem. Um, but the important part to note is that 
you are the yep. one that decides ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, not the not the insurance company, not us, you. Um, and actually even kind of a, a nice feature of these po- uh, kind of loan repayment plans as well that I know oftentimes clients are a fan of is the fact that you can actually even have your loan repayment kind of uh, coupled in with your normal monthly premium payment. So let's just say that you you know, pay your premium on the first of the month and your normal payment is uh, premium payments $500 a month, but then you wanted to add on a loan repayment of $250. So what the insurance company could do is just go ahead and do a you know one draft a month for 750 and then they would allocate it accordingly. Mm. They'd make sure that 500 of that went to your to your policy, 250 went towards your loan and they would t- you know take care of and track all of that for you. So you just have a one-time thing coming out rather than, you know, 500 on the first and then 250 on the you know 10th or anything like that you know we can just kind of make it all one clean clean cut process for you when so it's important yeah you know we've gone into a lot of detailed descriptions on how the non-direct recognition loans work and what interest rates they charge and all the ins and outs but it's important to re- realize that while there's some important engineering uh, much like our smartphones it's simply uh, used by our clients they don't have to know how the you know, the policies loan works and, uh, you know, compounding annual interest in arrears and that sort of thing. It just works. They just request the money. Boom, it's in their account. They set up whatever payment plan they want and boom, it's done. You know, it's it's that simple. Uh, thank goodness. Thank goodness it's that simple. Same with the growth on the cash value. It just works, right? So speaking of growth and dividends at the end of each year, something else happens usually at the first uh, anniversary. Katrina, tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, you get your annual statement and it comes in the mail. I remember my first annual statement. I almost cried. It was so hard to read. I mean, mm-hmm. it looked like lawyers from 1950, you know, made it and they never updated I'm pretty it. pretty sure I saw like hieroglyphics on mine. Yeah. Hieroglyphics? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> really, really old school. <laughs> uh, and then you're confused. Like, okay, what is this number? And there's a lot of numbers uh, depending on the company. You know, some companies have redesigned them and we're grateful for that. Um, but there are companies that are excellent companies, and they haven't. Um, so it's this is kind of depressing. It's also angering. Uh, you're expecting performance, and you're seeing these tiny values and all the costs that just come out. I and like my pie charts. Where are my pie charts? Yeah, and, you know, it's like, okay, well, maybe I made a mistake. I mean, that's kind of the feeling that, that rises up. It's like, did I make the right choice here? Because I feel like I just got gypped because I put all this money in and I only have this much in this account because of all the costs. So, you know, the, the stability of the insurance company and the costs required to keep it stable is a plus and a minus. You've got um, sometimes you want them to redesign their annual statements so that they're clear and easy to understand. I love my pie charts. Give me a stinking pie chart. <laughs> and and then other times you just, you know, you're so thankful for the stability because you know that the lawyers from 1950 that wrote some of those contracts – are keeping your money so stable and so safe that no matter what happens in the big picture financially, you've got a liquid pool of money that you can rely on regardless of how wonky that stupid annual statement is. Um, I'm like, thank you for the alert, but I would rather not read this thing. So there's a mix of shock and on there. I'm grateful for the archaic paper. I'm also um, grateful for the stability of the company. But, you know, if you're feeling gypped or frustrated or whatever, call your person call your agent, call your producer, talk to them, say, I'm feeling gypped about this and talk through it because they know how to read the hieroglyphs and they can tell you what's actually 
going on, what the numbers behind the numbers are. Mm-hmm. Great. We're great translators. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. So how about when, you know, that first year when your first bank on yourself policy is set up, another uh, moment folks are typically in awe of their bank on yourself policy, uh, shock and awe, right? So in awe is when the market over there uh, on Wall Street takes a nosedive. You know, we just recently had a uh, recent correction. Um, what's that like, Holly, for our clients? Phew, I dodged that bullet. <laughs> Next. <laughs> you know, I mean, you didn't you didn't have to ride that roller coaster. You didn't experience that. I mean, maybe the most shocking thing uh, when that happens is you're going to look at, you know, d- depending upon your particular situation, you might be looking at all your different uh, assets. You might be looking at wh- all the different accounts your money's sitting. And the only one that you're going to see you didn't take a hit is your policy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. everything else might be negative. Everything else might be down. It experienced that um, fall, but your policy wouldn't have. It's just going to be, it, it might even show you a nice little profit, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, on, on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, you can look at maybe, maybe your annual statement, uh, which is like we said, full of, you know, jargon and, and very difficult to read, but it includes some very important data in there, your dividends, right? So that first year you get those dividends. Uh, what's that like when you first get that very first dividend? Katrina? It's the best. It's it's like having another job, but not having to do any work for it. You just have another little stream of income that's coming in and mm, you just yep. watch it go up, up, up. What about when you're, you know, the cash value in the policy begins to exceed what you've put in there? That's another exciting moment for most people. And that's a big awe. You know, you, you put in a certain amount. You have to wait. You know, it's a long range game. It's not the kind of thing that is just instant. But if you if you do wait and you keep putting one foot in front of the other, the rewards are huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. At some point, those benefits outweigh the costs, and there's just it's going to happen. And it's a matter of do you have the patience? And dear listener, this is the hardest part for most people, including myself. Do I have the patience to see this money grow over a long period of time? And I think Katrina, you said it well. You know, poor people plan for Saturday night, but rich people plan for generations to come. Well, with that in mind, guys, we're going to wrap up our shock and awe episode. So thank you for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.